Welcome back to Podcast 51 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us on the Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetRivers.com for a 100% sign-up bonus up to 250 bucks. Please visit BetRivers and use the promo code ODDS22. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our plays, please visit the icebreakers.com click shop and become a member and pick any of our premium handicappers, including myself, to get their football packages or monthly packages for the 2022 and 2023 season. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the icebreakers and become a free picks newsletter subscriber. We have a great show for you today. Because we're bringing in Vegas Maddie from footballcontest.com to talk about how you can get into these massive football contests in Las Vegas, Nevada. All you have to do is be there to sign up or ha- send somebody to sign up and put your picks in with the proxy Vegas Maddie anywhere in the United States. So we're going to talk about that. And then after that, we are going to bring in Andy Molder from betspurts.com and the deep dive podcast to talk some nfl exotic markets and future plays going to talk about player futures uh player awards and things like that can't wait to get into that and then obviously at the very end of this episode i'm going to get into what i love ufc 278 and unfortunately we're going to cut down a little bit on the content of ufc throughout the uh, football season football rules all we'll probably still cover it at the end of the major pay-per-view events on some of these shows i don't want to take away that from you (laughs) i'm also going to keep of course giving plays out for the ufc every weekend to our premium subscribers had a slightly pop a profitable ufc week last week a bigger profitable one the weekend before so ufc is back on track for myself and obviously if you want to become a member of any of our handicappers please check us out at the oddsbreakers.com now's the time because you can benefit from our preseason plays where i myself went four and one last week in the nfl and just get a jump on our information and plays for the nfl season also for you free picks users and subscribers out there of the oddsbreakers.com we added a telegram channel you can just go to the oddsbreakers.com look right on the front page click into our public channel where we're going to give out all of our handicappers free plays at the notification of a cell phone so that way you can make that play before any lines are moved from and try to of course get the best of the number we have also set up telegram for our premium subscribers so make sure you have checked that out if you choose you can still stay on email if you want i know there's subscribers that are staying on email but if you want that extra added bonus of getting a notification to your phone i think it's very important to attack these lines being that we bet so early in the week for the nfl and for college football 
Also, I want to introduce a Monday mailbag that we're going to allow questions from our audience just to discuss on the Monday show. It could be a question about what happened in last weekend in football or pretty much any sport, or you can ask a question about handicapping a game for the following days or the following weekend. Just feel free to email us at info at theoddsbreakers.com and we're going to start a Monday mailbag segment on this show. I remember when I used to listen to Bang the Book and Adam Burke and all his wonderful guests on that show always enjoyed the Monday mailbag because some of those questions are very relevant and it actually helps the audience become a better handicapper and it helps myself delve into some stuff again and uh, improve my handicapping skills as well because that's what we're all about here at the Odds Breakers. All right. Well, we have a great show today. So without further ado, let's get into our first guest from footballcontest.com, Mr. Vegas Maddie. Now I'm very excited to welcome back the most experienced proxy in all of Las Vegas from footballcontest.com, Mr. Vegas Maddie. You can follow him on Twitter at Vegas underscore Maddie. This segment is being brought to you by Circa Sports. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. These contests have two ways to win and no rake. The payback is massive. Play Circa Sports and select one team each week with no point spread on the Circa Millions and taking the big money with Circa Survivor. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com. Maddie, how you doing, my man? I'm guessing things are starting to get busy. Summer's over. They are. Football's almost here. We're, what, in week uh, two of the preseason? Or what is it? Week two, week three? There's only three weeks, right? So this is, <laughs> this is when we should expect to see some starters in there, I would think. Um, it's getting real. Yeah, some people do their dress rehearsal week two. Some people will do the week three. And then there's a week in between. I, right. be, I believe yep. where uh, we'll give them an extra buy and give them extra time to make cuts or actually practice. I don't even know when the last cut is, but I'm sure teams are already starting to delve into that. But man, no, it's it's exciting. Um, this time of year, I love it. Uh, you know, obviously, summer's about over for us, but technically, it goes on for another month. But football season means fall for me, and uh, this is the funnest stuff for me. I love the contest, Manny, and you know, it's just. Even though you're not the only one, but. I'm not the only one. It's growing, and we're going to yeah. talk about that. But even though you're not like putting money on the games, it's just the thought process and the rush that you get just thinking about who's going to be the best five picks you got. You know, I mean, on a weekly basis, it's so fun. And plus, when even if you're not in the running to win it, you can still win those quarterly. So you're playing all year, man. Isn't it the greatest? It is. It's awesome. I mean, there's three hundred thousand dollars every quarter. In the circa millions, uh, including twenty five thousand dollars to the worst record. So, I mean, you got something to play for no matter what. Uh, the Westgate Super Contest, their big Super Contest weekend is this weekend, Friday and Saturday, or uh, most of the festivities taking place then. And they've got eleven in season bonuses. They switch things up even more so that uh, there's more ways to win. Try to make themselves a little different than the circa million. They're not going to have the guaranteed prize pool for the overall results, but I mean, you know, if you can win 20, 30, 40, 50,000 for doing well over three, six, nine weeks, I mean, why not enter that? Throw $1,000 into that one as well. 
Absolutely. And, you know, it's great that these are competing against each other because it just makes each other better. They have to fight now. And I mean, the rake kind of disappeared within the last two or three years. So uh, it's, it's a great thing for us. And especially if there is an overlay, especially in a guaranteed contest like the Circa, that's when you're uh, going to go uh have a have a better chance of positive ev at least in the contest where you're making more right. money if you do well um than people are putting in that's important could you remind our listeners a little bit on what you do exactly at football contest and how you got started sure i mean we're basically the middleman between you the contestant and the sports book so what you do is you come and meet with us in vegas get signed up for these football contests and then you hand off uh, the submission um, kind of responsibility to us. So you need to be in the state of Nevada to, to make the picks every week, or you need to have a proxy to do it for you. So that's where we come in. Um, we go to the sports books. We're there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, three days a week, submitting the picks uh, at the kiosks. Um, and, and basically... Um, that's 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 it. I mean, it's it's really not uh, too complicated or anything like that. We let the 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 heavy lifting to you really, and we want you to just concentrate on handicapping the games and try to go five and zero every week, and then we'll take care of the rest. We just want you to be stress free as far as getting your picks in, and that's why we've been the the most highly recommended proxy service uh, ever since we uh, Tony, my partner Tony in Law. Um, we, we started working together in 2009. Wow. So we're working our, in our 14th season together. We've seen these contests uh, grow from 300 entries in the super contest to over 3,000. Now they're kind of fighting to get back over 2,000 again uh, post-COVID. And then you've seen the Circa Million go from you know 1,000 entries all the way up over 4,000 last year. And, and hopefully they'll get close uh, to that 6,000 that they need to avoid the overlay so Derek doesn't have to shell out any more money out of his pocket this year. But right now they're projected at about, I think, somewhere between 4,200 and 4,500. Um, so that that would leave them, you know, with a pretty good size overlay still. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. These last few weeks are key. They are key. And, well, you know, the Circa definitely wants to promote it. I'll be over there podcasting for the Circa, hoping to see you there too. I'm sure I will. Well, I'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> might be. It might, might even be a surprise guest coming on as well. But now we're going to talk about the circuit contest next weekend. It's going to be a massive sign-up weekend, and you know, it's funny as a player, <laughs> you're actually praying for a that nobody signs up. You, know, you want right, the least amount of competition, but at the same time, you know, it's just a it's it's it doesn't matter. You know, you're you're playing for a lot well, of yeah. Money. It kind of goes kind of goes both ways for the circuit million. You you just want that the entries to stop because. There is guaranteed prize money, but other contests like the the Super Contest and the Golden Nugget Ultimate Football Challenge was a, is a combination of college and pro football, basically counting on the entries to come in because they're the one they're uh, creating the the prize pool. The lower the entries, the lower the prize pool. So uh, the only thing that's guaranteed in the Super Contest are those uh, in season contests, and I think that's important for everyone to know that those are set at certain amounts. They're going to pay those out no matter what, every three, six, nine weeks. It's the bigger prize pool that's really affected by you know what they decide to do with the more in-season contests. Like last year, I was looking at the numbers, and I think uh, the, the Super Contest paid out um, $335,000 for the winner, which is the lowest it's been in... in um, well, I mean, I sh yeah, even even in 2020, 
um, it paid out 435,000 to the winner. So the 330,000 dollars for the winner is a lowest it's been in a long, long time. So, but they're all they also were had those in season contests, so they paid those out. Um, and I think if you're looking to to get into more of those smaller contests, the super contest is definitely still worth getting in. And you know why not do both? Why not do the Circus Sports Million for the bigger payouts in the quarters and for the bigger overall prize pool? But then do the Westgate Super Contest to get into those those smaller contests that you can cash by going you know thirteen and two, fourteen and one on a three week uh, kind of thing, and you end up winning thirty forty thousand dollars. That that's not bad at all either. No, it's not. Plus, you could straddle your plays a little bit. You you know sometimes you might like only three or four games for real against the spread come Saturday whenever you want to make your picks, but you have about five or six maybes. So maybe you put a couple maybes on one, a couple maybes on the other and kind of balance it out like that. And maybe you're going to hit on one uh, mini contest or maybe one just completely builds up and, uh, you know, you keep a focus on that. You can have a terrible start to a quarter. You might want to go for the booby prize, but, you know. Uh, yeah, that booby <laughs> prize in the quarter, $25,000 for having the worst record over a four or five week period. That's not bad either. So, I mean, there's so many different ways to win these contests, and I think that's what makes them so great. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, can you put the right three weeks together? You don't want to have, like, uh, one week and one three-week contest, and then, then the next uh, couple of good weeks you have are on the next one. You want to be able to, obviously, put them together in a consecutive way, and that's, the, that's really the hardest thing is to string them together on a hot streak like that uh, where you can cash some money. All right, sounds good. So it sounds like the two – Circa Survivor, Circa Millions, and the uh, Westgate Super Contest are the three biggest in Vegas. Is that Those are the three biggest for sure. And the Survivor is going to be probably the biggest football contest of all time this year. I mean, they're projecting over um, 7,000 entries right now. At one point, it was like 8,000. So I think they're right in the middle, about 7,500. That's what Jeff Benson told me yesterday, is that the projection for that contest is 7,500, which means $7.5 million in the in the survivor pool. And then you're talking to maybe an extra million dollars for somebody who gets, who gets that uh, million-dollar bonus. And we were fortunate enough to get uh, uh, a survivor winner last year, Billy Chippis, and his on-top 24-7 entry won over $1.5 million. So it definitely can be done. I think that's the biggest difference between the first two years in the survivor contest. After the first year, when 35 people tied and, and their checks were 70,000 apiece, people might've been like, well, I mean, I, I'm going to fight this hard to go, to go unbeaten for the whole season and only get 70 grand. Still not bad. But then last year you saw only five people make it to the end. And obviously the, the less people, the bigger the, the payout. So, you know, maybe this year we'll see two or three people. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, well, they the survivors are so ruthless, you know, and, and there's so many people, I think just because of the number, sheer number of entries, it's, uh, it's almost impossible to see anyone busting, you know, somewhere be, be you know, before that, uh, week 18. And again, you have two extra weeks in the circus survivor. You've got the Thanksgiving week and the Christmas week. So you have to go 20 and 0, uh, to win that one, uh, most likely. Right. Uh, well you do. Um, most and with all these entries i would say you do now they did fix that whole a bunch of people winning by having a very short week on uh thanksgiving and a very short week on christmas where there's like three games apiece, and you have to treat that as a separate week some people like right. that some people don't 
but um it's yeah they're sticking with it they gotta try to chop the chop the people out it, it works every year it's uh the cowboys have killed people on thanksgiving the first couple years and maybe we'll see what happens this year but um yeah i mean they work hard to try to knock people out and it's just uh you kind of rely on the, the the teams and the upsets we'll, we'll see even i've had a lot of clients say this week one is no uh, cakewalk either so if i can get through week one uh, you get to that second week you might be feeling pretty good already wasn't it dallas versus the raiders on thanksgiving yep oh exactly yeah <laughs> it's yeah the year before it was washington yeah year oh. before washington beat dallas and so i mean da- yeah dallas has not been a strong thanksgiving team so far in the survivor and I don't know. I've heard people just just curse out the Cowboys for losing on Thanksgiving <laughs> two years in a row when they had them in Survivor. So we'll see if they uh, if you make it that far. Uh, you just don't want to get burned by a team like that. That's like the worst thing because I mean, getting to Thanksgiving is a, is really a, a tough chore. You know, you kind of get through that, and then you have to come back and make the pick for Sunday, uh, and then you get through that, and then you're basically in December in the final stretch. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a challenge and. There's there's limited plays there. I mean, you got you got the Lions too normally on Thanksgiving, and I don't. I think we had one guy pick the Lions last year, surprisingly, um, and that uh, that didn't work out too well. But it was closer than we thought. But yeah, Jill, Billy Chippis, our, our Survivor winner, he actually had the Bears, and I mean, I'm sure that was a lot closer than he anticipated. <laughs> yeah, the Buffalo was the play, uh, but Chippis got by, and once he got by, it was smooth sailing for him at least. Um, the Christmas week was. Uh, a uh, big week too. I think the Cardinals was uh, uh, one of those games. I, ca- I can't remember who. Yeah, the Cardinals played the Colts. They lost to the Colts. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, we had a guy. We had a guy go out back to back weeks um, with the Cardinals. He had he had two entries that late in the in the contest, and he lost with the Cardinals um, at the Lions. The Lions blew them away, and then turned around and then had the Cardinals at home against the Colts and lost. So he he lost those two entries in two weeks, and yeah. I mean. To have two entries at that point is remarkable, but then to go out with and have them lose with the same team like that, I was I felt really bad for him. No, I, I I do too. Hey, tell us a little bit about William Hill. They have the the college contest, correct? And I think it's the yep. big, biggest one so yeah, far that we have in college. And uh, I mean, can you, what's changed in that one? Yeah, nothing's really changed. So it's a ten week contest. It starts in week one of the NFL, which is uh, that September tenth. So you got to sign up before then. It's 10, it's 10 weeks, eight picks a week against the spread. They're all Saturday games you have to choose from. There's about a slate of at least 30 that you can choose from. And then there is a guaranteed prize pool in that, unlike the Golden Nugget. So, again, it's similar to Circa in, in that you have the potential for a pretty big overlay, which was what happened last year. They guaranteed a million dollars last year, and it uh, ended up being like a, an overlay of about 500000 maybe a little bit more than that. This year they cut the the prize pool in half, but it's still guaranteed money. So first place is going to get two hundred fifty thousand, which is still pretty awesome. They were at sixty three entries as of yesterday, so they got to get up to five hundred to avoid that overlay. But uh, yeah, the nugget is is at about forty entries. So these college contests, they're having just trouble competing with the big boys um, with the NFL because and, and a lot of people have called for you know why can't Circa or the Westgate do a college contest? A college contest is very difficult to do just because of all the lines you have to you have to set. There's so many games you have to pick and choose. That's why William Hill just decided to do just the Saturday games. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 a chore to do these contests. And the sports books really outside of marketing for their casinos, 
uh, for their books, they're not getting anything out of this. So they're not taking a rake and uh, to, to put that much work into a college contest. I mean, you know, Will, Will Hill and, and the Nugget are doing the best they can to try to do it. And you kind of see what the entries are like right now. Um, hopefully those will tick up uh, before before uh, week one of the contest. You know, I can see before the apps how people it would draw people to come in to make their place. <laughs> Then, uh, yeah. then the apps, people could do it from home. They just got to go there once. And that's why we have uh, guys like you for away from Nevada, of course, that do it for us all. But at least I think it still gives them advertising. So you got to uh, factor Oh, yeah. Factor yeah. I mean, Circa, the Circa Sportsbook, I think the contest definitely put them on the map. And, you know, Derek being a gambler and being able to go into his pocket and, and try to get this guaranteed money out there and keep in mind too, the circus sports million went up from $4 million in guaranteed money to 6 million this year. So there's $12 million in total guaranteed money this year. And, um, this is coming off the survivor last year where he had to eat $2 million, um, basically, um, with, with that overlay in, in the survivor contest. So he's looking at a similar, um, thing this year with the circus sports million, unless they can get to the 6,000 entries, which is going to be really tough. I think. All right. Yeah, I think so too. So what is the overlays now? And I can just go to it myself. I have it open. Uh, it looks like total entry so far in the survivor. Um, 1,247. Is that right? Um, that's for the million. That's million. Yeah. The million yes, of survivors. Yes. Yes. Closer to 1800. It's probably over 1800 now, but yeah, that, uh, Still puts a, a massive overlay because you got to hit six thousand entries to avoid uh, coming out of pocket on that. So um, for Derek anyway. So th the goal is for him is to get to six thousand entries in each contest. Otherwise, you know the 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 sports book is losing money on that. So um, like again, last year he came out of pocket over I think over two million dollars really because of the the bonus was paid out at the end as well. The extra million to three different people um, they split a million bucks. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's high numbers to shoot for. It's, uh, it's very interesting though, because the, the, um, um, the circus sports million was a stronger contest last year. And Derek had thought the survivor would pick up steam. Um, and I think once everyone saw these guys cashing million dollar checks, five people, uh, cashing checks of over a million bucks, they were like, I got to get in on that. It's a lot different to cash a million dollar check compared to $70,000. So now that, that, that's why you're seeing people uh, max out the entries. You can max uh, do up to six survivor entries, up to 3 million entries. And so that difference, being able to double the amount of entries you can have in survivor is, is really why you're seeing like an early difference of about 500 entries. 500 more entries for survivor than, than the million so far. Cause the million says trends three, the million says three max, right? Three max. Entries. Uh, yeah, the million is three. Okay, but yeah, the fact that you can do twice as many entries in the in the survivor, um, that's going to basically push that that contest over the the six thousand. I mean, and, they're they're projecting over seven thousand, maybe come close to eight thousand entries, which is r ridiculous. Yeah, no, I thought you saw it said five. So on the website, they have a mistake on the website. It says overlay of one point seven five million it's actually 4.75 million here because it's a six million guarantee and there's only 1247 here so uh we'll have to we'll have to t uh, tell derek hey man fix this website issue here <laughs> um but yeah. yeah i don't i'm not sure i'll have to do them figure out the math on that but um yeah i mean it well um, you look at circus yeah, survivor yeah. it's it's 1748 entries are in and there's a oh yeah that's of, correct of, right of four million yeah, yeah they're the same 
Yeah. They're the same. They might just be going with some older info or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Something, um, yeah. something actually uh, messed up there, but there is a 4.7 million overlay and there's a chance, like you said, you don't think that millions is going to get there and you think that survivor is going to go over. So that means absolutely. Yeah. That means millions. Yeah, everything's is- trending in that direction. So that's, that's, that's most likely going to be the case. Um, and, but I mean, with the survivor, you know, it gets to 7,000 entries, that's $7 million all goes back to the player. So it's a hundred percent payback. Um, same thing with the, the million, you know, if they need to, they need to get to that, that number and any overage actually goes back into the quarters and stuff like that. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I do think it's going to be a stretch for them to get even the 5,000 entries in the million. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we're doing our best to try to get the word out and let people know, um, but I think the last couple of weeks, the last two or three weeks, it's going to be a huge push. I mean, you're going to see these these uh, entries double and triple probably. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And uh, I'll be there to see it next weekend. It's going to be a fun time. And I uh, can't wait to see all the people getting in this exciting time. Last question here. What if your clients miss their entry? What, what do you do for them? Well, we... Uh, we'll go all out to get in touch with them. First of all, we'll call them, text them, email them. And if we don't have any picks from them, we'll just pit, put some random picks in there. The, the cool thing about the kiosk is that you can hit a magical button. It's called like a, the quick five or pick five, something like that. And it'll just randomly pick five uh, picks for you on, on its own. So we just kind of, we save the cards that we don't have till the end, we'll try to reach out to everybody. And if we don't get a hold of them, We'll just put those random picks in. It worked well from one of our clients in the super contest last year. He missed a couple weeks because he was on vacation and uh, we put random picks in for him, went nine and one. Um, he came back. We let him know that he had a chance to win one of the three week contests and he made picks for the third week in the contest and went four and one. So we ended up going 13 and two and uh, took home over $26,000. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's a nice little perk from that guy from did not deserve court. it. He did not deserve to win that. Dang it. <laughs> I know some people <laughs> might be upset that we do that for our clients, but you know, it's kind of the luck of the draw. I mean, there's no guarantee we could, we could have gone one and nine, just the same. We're just hitting a button and sometimes it's going to work you should out. Be upset. It's, it's, it's part of your service. He paid for your service. Yeah. It's, it's part, part of our it. service. We do that for, for everyone that we don't get picks for and that list grows as the contest goes goes on as you know i mean especially like if people don't think they have any chance at the booby prize uh in the quarter or one of the other quarterly prizes yeah they just basically will sit out there's a lot of that going on in the contest uh but the the more in-season stuff they do the more engaged the players should be so it's uh it's been a little better the last couple of years but hopefully this year will be even better especially in the super contest with all the different ways you can win money awesome no, i think it will too and thursday thursdays when the numbers come out around i think noon eastern one Eastern. for circa yeah the circa they come out at uh a one eastern time and then, um uh, 10 a.m pacific westgate's wednesday and then when, yeah wednesday uh late afternoon pacific time they come out okay. so and that's part of the thing with our service. You can log into our website and we'll have all the lines preloaded pre for you. Or not, I shouldn't say preloaded, but as soon as they come out, we'll make sure that they're on there so you don't have to try to find out where they are or anything like that. They're all locked and loaded for you to make your picks. And you know, we try to make it as easy as possible for you. So that's, that's our goal. We want to make it stress-free and just let you pick the winners. Uh, absolutely. And that is wonderful. So what time are the entries due at for each contest? 
Um, our deadlines, we, we have a 1 p.m. Pacific time deadline for Circa on Saturday and Friday. We do offer a cheaper service for those people who already have their, their picks made up. Sometimes when the lines come out, they know exactly what they want. We offer them a little uh, cheaper option for uh, that proxy service. So we offer like 1 p.m. Pacific time on Friday and Saturday. And then for the Super Contest, it's 4 p.m. Pacific time on, on uh, Friday and Saturday. So that's basically we've, we're known to have like the latest uh, deadlines in the in the industry. And we, um, we try to give you as long as you uh, can to make your picks before we have to, before crunch time hits us. So yeah. we got to get everything yeah. in. Because I think it's only like an hour after or something when they're due. It's a, it's a few hours. We actually got Circuit to bump back the deadline an extra hour this year or so to try to, because they want us to try to get as many entries signed up as possible. So we said, hey, can you give us a break and try to and bump the deadline that we need to have them in an hour and they oblige. So we're we're all trying to work together to to get, to get these contests built up and, and get the most entries possible. Awesome, man. Where could our listeners get your great information to sign up for these massive contests? Footballcontest.com. That's all you need to know. Just go there. You can uh, set up an appointment to meet us at the sports book. When you're coming to town, just shoot us an email. Um, prepay online so you don't. You can keep the cash in your pocket when you're in Vegas if you want. You can pay in person as well. So we've got all kinds of different options, and you'll find everything you need to know at footballcontest.com, breakdowns of each contest that we proxy for, and they're all $1,000 entry fees, which makes it pretty easy as well. Get to footballcontest.com. Go visit Vegas, Maddie and Tony. Make sure you tell them the odds breakers sent you. Maddie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure. We'll see you very soon. Now I'm very pleased to welcome back a man who's been podcasting about sports betting for a very long time. You know him as a co-host of the Deep Dive Podcast, BetSperts and Brown Bag Bets. Really happy to bring back Mr. Andy Molitor from BetSperts.com. You can follow Andy at AndyMSFW. Andy, it is the end of summer-ish. And uh, yeah. we have some NFL football that's already happened. Obviously, it's preseason, but I'm getting pretty excited. I saw you were in Vegas last weekend. How was that? It was nice. It wasn't too hot. We didn't get any of that. We showed up after all the damn storms that came through and flooded stuff. And so, I mean, it was a, it was a real chill weekend. It was really, really nice. And yeah, I missed uh, the old joint. The, they cleaned up the, the old circus sports book. You know, you saw the video. Yes. Yes. Anybody who's on gambling Twitter saw the videos. That's, I mean, you, you couldn't tell. Like that, they they really did a good job of getting that put back together in a hurry. I'm sure Derek was on top of it, man. That's how he oh, is. Yeah. It is uh, definitely the best book in Vegas. You have to say it. Um, I know the Westgate used to hold that, but sorry, Circus got stadium swim until you beat that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's just a real nice joint. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful, and um, we'll uh, be excited to do the same thing you did last weekend. You had a little show there and uh, heard some great things about it right at the Victory Burger and overseeing the casino, correct? Yeah. No, it was uh, kind of a cool little cool little perch up there. And, yeah, we have uh, we were all over that sports book. We sat and played some – Drew and I even sat and played a bunch of video poker one day and just watched preseason football and tennis. Very relaxing kind of atmosphere. I like that. So Yeah, just kind of push the buttons a little bit and just – you know, watch. Yeah. This. Yeah. You know, I, I like that. It's kind of like a uh, pass, passive gambling. <laughs> that's exactly. And that's how it should be done. You know, people have conversations with you and just, you know, push the buttons and been doing that for a while, especially when you, uh, 
you know, have those uh, casinos close to you. So it's a common thing in Las Vegas, my man. Well, what's been going on at your neck of the woods out at BetSports or uh, the Deep Dive? I've been listening and everything's getting better and better. I love your dives into the team. So uh, anything new? Yeah, our Raiders podcast on Monday. Your Raiders now. It's close <laughs> enough. I mean, you, you're supposed to. You're a Cardinals fan. No, I, no, you have no. To be if you're lo- I know you're not, but um, <laughs> all those teams. Well, the Bears. Don't listen to the Bears one, I guess, if I were you. But no, it's uh, we did the Raiders podcast. That was our 500th. So we've been at it. Felt like uh, Jesus. Now we're old, I guess. But uh, that was a lot of fun ripping through all those season previews. I'm actually off on vacation next week with the family. So Drew and I are doing double duty this week, pre-recording like we do when one of us leaves. So uh, we, we got a couple in the can so that you know we can keep up that cadence of releasing some podcasts and shows next week. So it's been it's been stressful getting through all those this week, but that's been fun. And then yeah, over at BetSports Golf has taken up a lot of my time this year too, just uh, betting golf consistently. You know, I, I think uh, this is the year I'm going to bet golf the deepest into the season now that I have some content responsibilities around that. Like usually. You know, right around this time, I just say the hell with these playoffs. They're dumb. I don't like how they work. I'm just done. I'm done betting golf. I'm, I'm on to football. But I guess it worked out last week because a lot of times I would have just quit after, you know, the, the U.S. and the Open, the British Open probably use maybe a, a spot I've stopped. But hit, hit Zal last week at 25 to 1. Yeah. That felt nice. And yeah. Yeah. So working with house money for the next few weeks over there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been more into golf too. We got a couple guys, Patrick over at Gator Betting's been. Doing some great job at the Osbreakers on golf. He hit Zal too, so sounds like uh, yeah. It felt like the, the entire world was just gonna bet him until it worked. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and I, I I I wasn't betting him every week, but man, it, it's like man, this is a good track. I think he could win here. And it was nervy, nervy, but it was nice to get it uh, come through at the end. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, seeing it and with Zal, you know, you worry that he's like you said he's gonna falter at the end, but it came through, and uh, that's important. That's a nice number, twenty five to one. You know, lately. Uh, the odds have been a little bit worse on uh, some of the team players, and yeah. due to people leaving and you know going different places, obviously. And uh, no, that's that's a very solid score. Nice job. Well, let's get into football, my man, because that's the uh, what's hot right now. And uh, you know, preseason week one happened. Uh, anything that's changed your? I, I know this is like it's it's hot take ish when you look at preseason and you're making big decisions here and that's the stuff i preach people to stay away from but there's got to be something out there that might have changed your mind on the team or at least give you some sort of confirmation bias or confirmation on maybe what you thought about a team yeah i try not to you know even during season you know everybody gets warned about this during week one of the regular season it's like don't don't let uh over you know overreaction season kind of grab you and make you do something silly in week two and really, really, really need to put a lot of context to everything you're seeing in the preseason. Cause it's like, Oh man, this, they look so good. They're playing against the twos or, you know, that that's a defense that hasn't practiced a lot together with a, with that alignment. Like it's let's, let's just pump the brakes on everything. Cause there's some, honestly, some bad teams that look kind of good in some spots and, Honestly, the Seahawks, like people pointed out, Geno didn't look too bad, but I mean, go wait for them to play some of that, you know, wait for them to play the Niners and Rams during the regular season, see how that goes for you. So I did, uh, I did pump the brakes on most of it. I guess the, the team that I'm a little lower on maybe 
compared to, you know, where I was coming into the preseason, my, my preconceived notions and my prep work, I really wanted the giants to be able to do something, but boy, camp reports and practice reports and just watching that team at times wasn't great. And then I, I feel bad too, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with my positions on the unders on the bears. Like I really, really just I, like, that's one of those where, uh, you know, you can't let it confirm you, you know, it's almost the same thing. You can't say like, don't go changing your mind over one week. Well, don't go digging in and saying, now these are locks and this is golden over one week too, just because a bad team was bad or a good team was good. And you thought so, but the bears stuff, it just, they just didn't do anything. They, you know, they didn't do enough to that roster to really get any help for field. So could be a long year up there. That's what I'm hoping for financially. Well, I mean, me too. You know, I was one of the early ones too. With the six and a half plus money was, ugh, was sticking out. That was the first bet I made. And me being a Bears fan, and it's not, I have nothing to do with fandom. I always say if you know about a team, you should bet on or for them because that's the team you listen to. That's the beat writers you listen to. That's the radio, radio. I listen to six seventy score podcast sometimes. You know, I, I I get quicker information on one team because you know it's just part of my routine. And this field behind me, a lot of people are be bet, betting against. So that's when you wonder maybe the Bears will be undervalued at some point here. And that's what we have to think for as betters. And I hate to say it, man, but I don't know what the numbers at now. And I got plus money on the under six and a half. I might have to buy back at five if I see a five. You know, I, I don't know. It's uh. It, that's how you should do things because you know um, you don't have to do a full. You don't have to buy back full, but I, I might fall into that, right? You know, uh, Rob Pozzola, famous Canadian, uh, he had a good tweet about that. He said, "Don't don't let your preconceived notions about a team drive your your numbers or drive your betting all year. Be willing to be very fluid about that change." I'm paraphrasing. He he said it better than I just did. It got me thinking, like. We did a season preview where we just ripped on the Rams last year. We said they're fragile. They have no depth. It's stars and scrubs like this. It, everyone has to stay healthy for this sort of thing to work. And obviously, not only did they all stay pretty healthy, but they added <laughs> a couple pieces at the wide receiver and at the, you know, the edge rusher there in Vaughn. And it obviously worked out. But, I mean, Drew was – more against the Rams than I was preseason. Like he was leading the charge on that. And then we get to the playoffs and he bought him in a Calcutta. You know, he became the biggest Rams fan I knew from <laughs> playoff time. Like it's, it's, you know, don't, don't let being right. Or like, oh, I was right six, eight months ago. Don't let that overtake uh, a chance to make money in the markets. If you think you know, uh, I want to be ahead of this, I think I was wrong. Like there's nothing better than the markets being wrong and you, you being the first one to realize like, Hey, we all hated this team, but man, that all these things that, you know, were maybe coin flip decisions or uh, the biggest question marks. We talk about that a lot in the previews, like, Hey, this team, this is the biggest question mark. If it goes this way, this team might do this. If it goes this way, this offense is going to be putrid, you know, start answering those question marks and yeah, really, really be willing to be wrong and try to gain some financial uh, yeah. financials out of that. You know, make make some money on the market being goofy on somebody. The best sports bears do that. Um, you know, they they have they're wrong preseason and they're quick to adjust and they're also quick to uh, bet on a team they're betting against. Um, 
that's huge when it comes to winning contests and doing things throughout the regular season. Sometimes you have to understand these teams are, when they have a really bad game or two in a row and they look like absolute crap, what do you think they're thinking all week? You know, what do you think these guys are thinking? They're going to give it their 100,000% best the very next week. And it's going to, they're going to, they're going to push it, you know, and uh, that's what we have to realize the human nature part of wanting to win um, factors in. And so if I could give any advice, yeah, great info from Rob Pozzola there. Um, don't let your preconceived notion. I mean, I, I, I was sure Carolina was going to make the playoffs last year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was mine, my pre- preconceived and Jesus, man, I'm, I don't know how they weren't worse in the division. I think Falcons and them were uh, pretty close, but geez, it was uh, it, 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 they they faltered, and Sam Darnold was terrible. So good good stuff there. As far as yeah, it, it, we don't have to really get into these futures. I mean, they, they've been beaten to hell these these season win totals. This podcast, and I think you agreed, we're going to make it a little bit more special. We're going to talk about some exotic things that could happen, right? Maybe some um, lines that DraftKings put out and some other books. But I think it's fun to talk about this because these markets are a little bit more untapped because these numbers kind of came out recently. So we're going to get started here with player futures. And I heard VEASAN talk a little bit about this, but I thought it'd be fun for you and I too because, Andy, you are the guy that loves looking at these markets. So let's let's take a look at the first one here. Record breakers. Um, So... The reason that this is a little bit interesting to me, and I didn't make any plays yet, and I don't even know if I am going to make a play, but there's 17 games now, and there was 16 before last year. And so some of these could be a little bit more in play than people think. Let's start with any player to break the record for most passing TDs in the regular season. This, was, I believe, was Peyton Manning's record at 55. That was one hell of a year. You know, he was not only the quarterback, but he was pretty much the coach of that team, that Colts team, and having guys like um, Wayne and and Marvin Harrison uh, uh, certainly helped. But the yes is 10 to 1, and the no is minus 5,000, or obviously, um, you know, you have to lay 5,000 to win, win 100 bucks. That's, that's tough. <laughs> so um, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's tough with anything to just bet overs on regular season, anything like this, because of the, the risk of injury to one of the – because I, I guess if I was evaluating a market like this, I'd first step back and say, like, how many quarterbacks given 17 games, playing in all of them, would, uh, would be able to do this? And then look at those teams, be like, you know, these first off, those quarterbacks are likely to be on good teams with good offenses, like how many of those, you know, what, what are the odds of that team maybe not even playing the quarterback in week 17 because they're maybe in the NFC or, you know, something along those lines where they have something locked up. So it's, that's a really tough one. I'd probably need a little bigger number on that, but out of all the record ones, that feels like one that's maybe pretty feasible just based on like what we've seen from passing offenses and all the rule changes, uh, the, the illegal, you know, the illegal, what are we calling that? Illegal contact rule that they're going to kind of put some emphasis on. Like (laughs) they're, they're not doing anything in the rule changes to help a defense out. I don't think it'll be a while before we see anything like that. So uh, the way the NFL is headed, you know, similar to the, to the NBA and the, you know, just three point in offense, 
pass, pass, pass. Probably going to see that get uh, broken eventually here. And, you know, there's probably five or six guys that have a decent shot at that. I'd throw Rodgers out of that equation just based on, you know, I think that team is actually going to run more than we've seen in years past. But in Mahomes and Herbert and maybe even a, a super healthy Brady if he makes it all the way through the year, there's there's some decent names on that list that could get there. I'd probably want a little bigger number. But, again, anytime I say I'm not going to bet these, it's not going to be like, well, I'd, I'd take the no at minus 5,000. I know, that's I know, a, I know. That's, that's, just... a, that's, a, that's a tough ask because it's kind of a one-way street. Either you are taking a little fun punt on the, on the yes or you aren't betting it. Well, the no shouldn't be minus 5,000. I mean, it should be – Technically, minus two thousand. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's a massive uh, juice on juice on this in between. So it's uh, you can just even see, yeah, some of the other. Yeah, I think all these on the nose have massive juice. And I do, I do. I want to make a point on these too because I seen someone who bet something like this in a different book, and he, he was talking about it in a group chat, and somebody had a really good question on. I don't remember who the two people were. But they bet Justin Jefferson to break the receiving record. Hmm. Like specifically him to break the receiving yards record. And somebody else asked, what's the verbiage on that? What if he breaks the record, but somebody else finishes ahead of him also breaking the record? And it uh, just, just when you are betting, you know, weird props like this, really, really make sure you know what you're betting into. Yeah, because it and it was he said it was phrased. He just needs to have, you know, like like these are listed where it was however many yards it was to break that record. I think it's 1965. So, uh, you know, if he were to break the record and somebody else did too, it would still would have cashed for him. So, read the rules, guys. Always, 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 especially on these funny prop ones. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't even I don't even see where it'd be individual contributors on DraftKings. I, it's something I was interested in looking at, and I never thought would have good value personally. So that's interesting that you brought up an actual person doing it. Um, you know, the thing that ties into this, first of all, this is a little bit like the Ladanian Tomlinson one on the bottom, um, but it's 18 to 1 you get. Nobody gets over 20 touchdowns. <laughs> you know, I mean, he got 31.5. So I don't even care if you add a 17th game or an 18th game. I mean, it's, yeah. it's and I feel the same about Peyton Manning's. It's just like no defenses are going to allow that thing that to happen. And it's just, it's just, it's just taken immaculate. But there's only one quarterback that I think that could have a shot at it. And that's why this passing yards in the regular season is so low. Because everybody's thinking about Justin Herbert, Andy. And, yeah. I mean, yes, to go over 5,477 passing yards. Well, Tom Brady got 5,300 last year, so he was like 150 off. And then you have Herbert was maybe like 5,200 or something, 5,150 or something. I got can't quite remember, but it's right around there. So you think that what the way he throws to Eckler and the fact that that team – didn't have the greatest defense. They're not going to be running a lot in this division in the AFC West. They're going to have to catch some teams and catch up to some teams. So that's why you see such a low number on this. I still think this is crap because I think him or Mahomes is probably the only quarterbacks that might have a shot at this year. Sorry, this whole Brady thing is getting really weird with uh, his wife not allowing him to play football the last two weeks. So. 
it's not, yeah, it's that's got a little bit of a saga down there, but it, yeah, what 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 he's done the last few years, and it's kind of like, uh, like you said, what his regular season passing total is. is it's kind of like just betting an alt over on him with the upside of you know, there's maybe two or three other guys that have a, a shot at this as well if if things go right, and in the AFC too. And you can always end up with a weird spot where a team is like the five seed and they end up in a goofy situation where they can't improve that at all. Or maybe it would behoove them to be the six seed, even based on the matchups that are kind of implied by the playoffs that are happening. And a guy could take week seven or week 18 off rather, but it doesn't seem that likely in the AFC where it's just so top heavy. And there's like, 10 or 11 teams that could legitimately fight for those, you know, those playoff spots. You feel like all those AFC quarterbacks are going to have to play the whole season if they're you know, healthy and able. So yeah, that that's the one why that's why it's plus two fifty. That one feels like we'll see that one happen in the next few years. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially if they go to the 18th game, of course, but yes, for the receiving yards is plus three fifty. So this is kind of correlated in a way, but I think the way they're looking at this is like the Cooper cups, or the Jeffersons, right? From the uh, like you said, they, the guy took the prop on him. I'm, I'd feel more comfortable doing this um, rather than just a name player, unless he's getting like twenty-five to one or something or better. I don't know what his number was, Andy. But yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to go back. I, I know it wasn't that good, but I mean, it was it was getting there. And yeah, the the thing too is like last year, your your receiving leaders. Uh, your number two and your number three receiving leaders are on different teams now. Yeah. As far as yardage. So like, you know, Devonte Adams still very good, but we don't know exactly what, what the situation is going to be up there in Vegas. Same thing with Tyreek. I think a lot of people are worried about him being maybe his worst, worst year of his career. If, uh, if stinky Tua shows up. So it does feel like uh, it's Jefferson or it's cup or, you know, maybe something happens with like a uh, Keenan Allen. I mean, that's a guy that's when he's healthy. There's upside there too. We'll have to see, especially if we think we're going to get 55 out of uh, his, you know, a quarterback down there. Yeah, for sure. We'll just have to wait and see on that. Now, this one is interesting to me at nine to one, and I don't know what. And I can't price these, Andy. I, I, I don't. I have no way of figuring this out. I mean, you can just take the average of like what the player does. And I know Jonathan Taylor had 1800 rushing yards last year. Henry's a potential candidate, but breaking the most rushing records, I think it was Eric Dickerson's at 2,105 yards that still holds up. I think there's a shot at that. Um, I, I guess I think about that division just because I still ain't buying the Jaguars uh, run defense and I'm definitely not buying Houston at all for anything. So, you know, I mean, if the, if, if this is going to be run heavy in this division, I think Jonathan Taylor, if he stays healthy, has a shot. Um, it, it, it's interesting. He's the number one fantasy pick overall. It's him and nobody else. Uh, so nine to one is a little bit intriguing to me. Yeah, this is the, like you said with the total touchdowns. Do you wonder if like teams are just starting to smarten up on usage? where they see McCaffrey breaking down and they see finally Derrick Henry after enough you know years with that many touches is just going to start to fall apart and i uh, that one side of the argument is coaches just won't run run a single running back enough to get there anymore 
because they want to keep a, a star running back healthy enough through the season and into a playoff run. But the other part of me wonders if they even care because man, it, it seems like you're able to, you're able to find, but like Heinz uh, was fine too at times. Even, even when Henry went out last year, you saw uh, what Deontay, uh, like you saw other guys be able to run in a, in a good scheme behind a good line. Delvin cook's great, but you saw Madison like, Hey, you put a, a backup running back into the scheme, they're they're almost as good. So maybe my little theory about coaches won't run a running back into the ground is dead because maybe they don't care if they run a running back into the ground. They said, like, we have a short window of opportunity to use this guy. Let's just run him until he breaks. And then if, if that happens, there's a bunch of there's always guys looking for a job and we have a good line and a good scheme. So I mean, if there was a guy, it'd be him. I, but that one's tough because I think there probably is only one or two people. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so too. Well, let's move into this one. Um, this is the uh, most passing yards here, and uh, now so now you got Herbert here at plus six fifty. So you're like, okay, well, I'm already thinking about Herbert to break the record at plus three fifty. Why the hell would I not bet the plus six fifty if that's my thought? You know, and so I think that's where it's important where to see where the value really is because if you have Herbert in mind, I know it plus three fifties for any quarterback, but I just don't see a lot of other quarterbacks having to throw a lot of uh, passes, especially in a division like that. Now Mahomes is the other one, but look, look at it. You could bet. Herbert, a little bit of half unit, quarter unit, whatever, quarter unit out of Mahomes. And then, you know, I mean, I don't see any of these other quarterbacks doing it. Maybe Tom Brady does. But, you know, the guy's getting older. He's getting up there in years. And the Saints should be a little bit better on defense this year. And um, I just I just think it's between these two. Yeah, and and it's it's tough. Sometimes the chalk doesn't cash because of an injury. Like if either one of those guys misses two or three games with a you know a banged up a toe or an ankle, it just ain't happening. So those are tough because it's you know it's a field of a bunch of guys, and there probably are only you know ten legitimate names who could lead the league in passing, and some of them would need you know, Mahomes or or Herbert to be injured to get there. But this is where yeah, I don't mind taking that but some longer punts are fun too if you think there's an offense that maybe was a little underrated that is going to turn to throwing the ball a lot more this year based on you know who they have on the team now or maybe uh, like in the vikings case with the coaching there's a lot of people that are stumping for hey, kevin o'connell is going to be just like we saw with the like the, basically you're putting the rams offense in minnesota and look what cooper cup did mm -hmm. so i mean anyone who thinks something like that and it, you don't have to get excited about Kirk cousins being you know this great great quarterback to think he could get to five thousand yards that's not far out of his repertoire if he had you know, the right play caller, the right coaching, the right scheme, the right play sequencing. So a longer shot on him or maybe, and you mentioned the Saints, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston was actually really efficient and looking pretty good before the injury at times. And he had really, really bad wide receivers. And now he's, you know, Alave is a rookie. We don't know exactly what you're getting. But if that wide receiver room, along with a running back who's great, great with ball in his hand off a screen, is kind of humming. Those are a couple long shots I don't hate in that one. Michael Thomas. Jameis yeah. 30 isn't terrible. No, Michael Thomas being back and um, 
uh, Landry's there now. And Landry's. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's a way, way better uh, quarterback, or uh, excuse me, wide receiver room than, you know, what we've seen in the past there. And, you know, Jameis, everyone remembers, you know, the 30 30 year, but that. That year, he threw for fifty one hundred. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, like, it's 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 in his wheelhouse, and that was a thirty one. You know, that was fifty one hundred and sixteen games. He's, if he's healthy, he plays all seventeen. Like five thousand yards is within his grasp as well. No, I love it. No, that, I might have talked myself into that. Look at that! Oh now you have to play it. You, look at that bet on Jameis. When you when you spend over thirty seconds talking about him, you have to play it, Andy. That's just a rule. <laughs> That's kind of the deal. No, no, great, great, uh, great argument for him. And uh, uh, Herbert just throwing to the running back does it, but he does throw. Jameis throws to Kamara. I mean, he has to. Kamara's a all all purpose back. So there you go. Um, God, you might have talked me into this one too. We'll see. Let's go to. Most res- well, let's just look at most receiving yards. I'm guessing Jefferson and Cup's going to be on top. Yeah, Jefferson's eight. Yeah. To- Jefferson's eight to one. Cup's nine to one. Jamar Chase is uh, ten to one. Devonte Adams is twelve to one. Then you got you know your your Cowboys here and <laughs> Buffalo. You know, I think that looking at this, it's just interesting that you have a quarterback. That's favored, yet none of the receivers are really up here high. Keenan Allen at thirty to one. So it's just I'm just pointing this out. I didn't take any of these, but I suppose uh, you know, are you going to put your faith into Kirk Cousins? Um, then you, if you bet Justin Jefferson in anything, you're putting faith into Kirk Cousins because that's true. Because it's not just Jeff, Justin Jefferson getting injured, Andy. It's him getting injured too, isn't it? Yeah, the backup situation in Minnesota isn't great. Like, and, and I looked at this too, and I actually made a different bet based on looking at the markets for most receiving yards, most receiving touchdowns, and it was like Jefferson was you know favorite or co-favorite in a basically everywhere, and then I went and found him to be twenty-five to one to be offensive player of the year, which is you know, has kind of turned into, Hey, here's the player who should have got this, but we give MVP to a quarterback no matter what. Right. So here, here's the best player that isn't a quarterback that we'll usually give this to. So I didn't hate that. I like that a lot better than putting faith in him to be the top receiver. Yeah. Because he can be second in receiving yards and second in touchdowns and don't neither of those cash yet. He's the most impactful receiver. Yeah. You, you, you could end up with that. This is the, this is the tough one too. You know, like right off the bat, I had some long shots at the quarterback. This one is so tough because some of, so much of it comes down to opportunity. It is, it is really tough with like Devonte Adams. I wouldn't touch him at that number in a new situation. We'll see if Chase can back it up. But again, ten to one's really tough. CD Lamb, you can't bet that. He's walking around. He hurt his foot today. I guess it's not too bad, but um, that one scares me as well. And then you know some of those other even like Adams. You know, you have some of those places you have too many mouths to feed, and you're going to see a lot of targets to the slot there. Yeah, Kelsey, yeah. Kelsey, Kelsey would be a call. Imagine betting a. Imagine betting a tight end most receiving yards. I don't. I don't know if uh, without Tariq Hill doing that. Without Tariq yeah, Hill, yeah, I know that, that. That's the thing. Like he's going to. He's going to get the opportunity. So, and I'm. I'm I guess maybe if nobody gets that super big season, pops off for like eighteen, seventeen hundred. Kelsey had a couple 12, 13, 1400 yard seasons. Like he's not. He's never been. You know, like that far off of uh, the receiving yards leads. But mm-hmm. Maybe I'd need a little bigger number for that. No, for sure. Let's look at 
since you mentioned Jameis in his 30-30 year, let's look at most interceptions. <laughs> I mean, where is Jameis here? Come on. We got to find him. Um, actually, he's, uh, he's not that high right here. Um, I'm missing him. Let's see here. Maybe they pulled. Oh, no, he's 13-1. to He's uh, the, the fifth favorite to throw the most interceptions at 13-1. to Now, I don't think that number's good enough for me because he, like you said, he can get hurt. You know, he's got back to that. I uh, can get hurt and uh, not have the opportunity to throw so many interceptions. But they got Zach Wilson at eight to one. And one thing I didn't mention is, I guess if you're looking at the first week of preseason, you probably got to be a little bit lower on the Jets. And that number in season win total did move after the first preseason game. Um, but at the same time, is he going to force a lot and look bad? I, I don't know. Um, I think the Jets are going to be running a lot, too, with Brees Hall. But I suppose if I was going to take a shot with anybody, um, I think I might I might do it with Tua. Uh, I just think Tua with the left-handed quarterback, and there's so much expectations, he's going to have to sling it a little bit. And I know that they got running backs now, but I suppose with the 49ers, uh, McDaniel coming in under Kyle Shanahan, you would think that maybe they have more of a power offense, Andy. So uh, here's me like talking myself back and forth. So I'm just blah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a tough one too because again, you the risk of injury. If you have maybe one of these quarterbacks behind a bad offensive line or uh, just a quarterback who takes a lot of sacks, like like Tannehill is somebody I I kind of targeted to start, but I crossed him off because he takes a ton of sacks and they maybe a team that pulls the plug on him if it gets bad late to see what they have in a younger quarterback. So it's, you have to find somebody who's shitty, but can't lose their job. I know. Cause <laughs> so, I was looking at Wentz. You know, he, I was looking at Wentz, yeah, but you, they you, throw Heineke back in. Yeah. Or, or they try the, or they try the rookie there too. You know, you got to find someone who really, really has that job security. And honestly, it's funny. He last year tied for the lead was uh, Matt Stafford. I mean, somebody just throws the ball a lot and doesn't get in trouble because the team's winning. Like, you know, like Matthew Stafford wasn't gonna wasn't gonna lose his job. So, something like that, or even even Burrow at twenty. I think Burrow had 13, 14 last year. He was only a couple off the lead. It's funny how like you know you think of this as such a negative. This is almost just a volume one. Somebody, you know, there are certain quarterbacks who just are very careful with the ball and shouldn't be bet in this market. But it's somebody who's going to throw a lot. And honestly, it's usually some of the leaders are players on good teams. Although Matt last Ryan. year that the lead was shared Stafford, Stafford and Lawrence. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Jags weren't good, but uh, that was another spot where it's like, well, he's not going to lose his job. They're just they got to keep rolling him out there to get him the experience and grade him. So. It's tough that we don't have a rookie out there this year. Well, I know that the Colts will be run heavy, but Matt Ryan can be a little bit of a rack at times. But Dak Prescott under here, he's not losing his job. I mean, with the way they paid him all that money, that would be that would be just media hell for the Cowboys if they pulled Dak after paying him, man. Yeah. So that's an interesting one, Dak over there. Um, I know they lost a lot of receivers, so there might be not be some good continuity coming in. You know, like you said, Lamb limping a little bit might give up on some routes. Hmm. They got Dalton Schultz over there, who's a stud, and I love that Ferguson draft pick for tight end too. But no, I, I guess uh, if I'm going to say anything, it would be Dak. But um, we'll see what happens with that one. So, a couple more minutes left. Here's one I didn't even look at. 
rookie futures. So let's just see what it says. Regular season most rookie receiving yards. Okay. So you got rookie receiving yards here. Chris Olave, Drake London, Treylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, Jalen Tolbert, Sky Moore. I already have one in my mind. I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, this is another one, too, because it's it's tough with uh, opportunities. I have an Olave rookie of the year, but I wouldn't bet him to be the most receiving yards. Like, there's a lot of... There's going to be a lot of mouths to feed down there. Like if he if he wins rookie of the year, it'll just be showing out on a few plays. But boy, that's tough. Burks is a short number. London maybe is a shout just because they they'll always be behind and they're going to have to just keep throwing the ball. But he's not the longest number either. And then Pickens is boy, he's gotten love. The market just fall in love with that guy off camp and. I'm not saying I didn't bet him to win some rookie of the year too, but boy, that some of the places dropped him down to like seven to one to win rookie of the year now, which is just hilarious how these markets move. Um, God, I don't hate Tolbert. I'll tell you, at, at, yeah, Tolbert at ten to too. He's a, he's another one too where I, I have a little piece of him at rookie of the year at a bigger number where I think he's going to play a big part in that offense. Okay, Romeo Dobbs. And he's dropped, but I don't know if he's dropped far enough because they're saying right now Christian Watson for the Packers is a little banged up. The way he's been playing in practice and preseason, they're talking like he's going to be the real replacement for Devontae Adams. And you have to look at it this way. It's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, one of the most accurate quarterbacks we've seen. Hate to say that being in the same division as Barafan, but let's just face it. Yeah. He is what he is. Um, this is this is sports betting, not fandom. And so Romeo Dobbs, I think, is attractive. Um possibly to get the the most uh, receiving yards as a rookie here just because his price is a little bit better. Traylon Burks, I'm hearing bad things from camp, but he still is the replacement for A.J. Brown, supposedly. Obviously, Julio's gone. Who did they sign in the offseason again, the Titans? Oh, God, it's escaping me right now. I have this somewhere, but uh, yeah, the tit- the Titans were a weird team for me when I started evaluating them, too. Yeah. Um, and, and the two things to the to the Dobbs point, Robert I, Woods, Robert Woods, that's who Robert Robert Woods, very good. Yeah, Robert Woods is going to pick up a bunch of uh, a bunch of targets. Mm-hmm. You do you look at something like that where you talk about AJ Brown, or, and it's you look at those vacated targets. Who's going to get a lot of a target because they they're still going to throw the ball a similar amount of times to the, what they did last year. If you have a bunch of vacated targets, there's a spot for a rookie there. I fall in and out of love with the Stobbs guy every other day because of all the great things. And then today or last night, you hear Rogers say that he wants to have both of his running backs on the field at the same time as receivers. So <laughs> I formation, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's talking about just splitting them both out, getting, getting slot time out of both of those guys, because both of he's more comfortable with both those guys. He says, I want the best 11 on the field. And I think they're both in the best 11. So I, I don't mind them both on the field at the same time. Like, man, I don't know who's getting the damn targets up there. Like Rogers is uh, still high on the mushrooms or whatever. Maybe the so. ayahuasca. <laughs> well, Getsy's gone too, and he was part of that offense. Lafleur, mm-hmm. they're more running. That's true; they are more running. But there's going to be somebody sticking out. Um, I know that Tanyan's going to be back and get some of those receptions at tight end as well. But um, now I'm, I'm going to throw some beer money on Dobbs, and uh, that's my only play then from this whole podcast, Andy. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll do that just for the listeners. A little free play there. 
Yeah, I'm looking down. There's there's not a long shot that's really worth some money on this, I don't think. You'd be probably playing one of those guys in the top 10 list. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my man, we're out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where could our viewers and our listeners well, get your great content? Yeah, at Andy MSFW on Twitter, at Deep Dive Pod on Twitter. You can find that anywhere you find uh, your podcast and then uh, BetSports Media uh, on YouTube for all the shows. Basically, any that Brown Bag Bets, Deep Dive. We got the, the golf shows are over there. So other people are doing some pick content on there for NASCAR and Heisman. And there's all sorts of stuff over there if you want to get yourself some free picks. So check that out as well. Awesome. Make sure you guys check Andy out. Thanks a lot for coming on. I had a blast, Andy. Yep. Thanks a lot. Enjoyed it. All right. Now it's time for a little UFC 278. Massive card, my friends. Kamaro Usman versus Leon Edwards. And I might as well just start right away here with the main event. Usman, the price, I mean, most books are about minus 380, minus 400 at some of these books. MGM, I bet Rivers has it at a ridiculous minus 910, plus 575 for Leon Edwards. So apparently some... Big players might have put a, some big bets on Usman here. But the way I look at it is this. Usman is by far, well, by a decent distance, as far as we know, the best in the middleweight division. I mean, Usman's record speaks for itself. He's 20-1. But is he really 20-1 when he lost by submission back in frickin' 2013? <laughs> Cage fighters. Oh, my God. it's That's so long ago. You can't even hold that against him. I mean, looking at his massive stats right now, the guy does not get taken down, right? I mean, if there's a guy that is fights bigger than his weight, it's Usman for sure. Grappling, takedown average three per 15 minutes, that's a lot. Accuracy, 50%, that's high. Takedown defense, 100%. I mean... He's, he's a sure favorite here, but the question is how big of a favorite? Because Edwards ain't no slouch himself. You know, his takedown defense is 70%, which is good. Accuracy only 35%, but he's really a stand-up fighter. You know, he throws big blows. He lands about 50% of his significant strikes, the same as Usman. Usman's 52%. He doesn't land a ton of them per minute, 2.62 but he also absorbs less. You know, he's just a very good distance and disciplined fighter not to get himself in trouble. 2.15 significant strikes absorbed per minute when Usman is at 2.6. I mean, what I used to say about Usman is that he's the most boring fighter in the UFC because he just holds guys against the cage, gets those control points. People can't get away from him, and that's how he wins. Well, he kind of proved that wrong a few times when he knocked out Gilbert Burns, and he locked it out, Jorge Mastaval, and even when he knocked out Colby Covington in the fifth. That was brutal because I think I had Usman to win by decision, and Covington just wanted to get knocked out and got his jaw broke. But, you know, other fights, Mastaval took him to the distance at five rounds. Colby, the very next fight, which was his last fight in 2021 in November, took him the distance, Usman the distance there. 
Usman went the distance against Woodley, Rafael Dos Anjos, Damian Maya, <laughs> Emil Meek. I mean, there's just so many fights that he went the distance with. And you also have to remember that he fought Leon Edwards and went the distance and won by unanimous decision back in 2015, seven years ago. Well, six and a half, really. It was December 19th, 2015. But what I know about Leon Edwards is that he's fought the best of the best, too. You know, he just beat Nate Diaz, beat the crap out of him for five rounds. I got to props Diaz for lasting. And that's why Diaz has such a big fan base. He's just tough. Just a tough guy. He, he had an eye poke with Bilal Muhammad. And he was beating the crap out of Bilal Muhammad when that happened. Um, you saw Muhammad just beat up Luke a couple months ago. Um, he beat Rafael Dos Anjos in a decision. Um, just too hard to take down, right? Gunnar Nelson, Vicente Luque, he beat. His only loss before Usman, I mean, going back since 2012 anyway, was Claudio Silva back in 2014. But he's had like 10 fights since the Usman fight, nine or 10, and hasn't lost any of them. But since 2015, so he's due for a rematch here. I'm surprised it took so long for a rematch. But I think that he's hungry. Now, the question is, I don't care how hungry you are when you're fighting the best of the best. Does it matter? Well, I think if Edwards did his studying over at Team Renegade there, he knows that he has to stick and move against Usman. You know, he, he has to stop the takedowns, and there's a chance that he can win this by points. I mean, when you're looking at the rankings of the welterweight, you go Kamaru Usman, but then you have Kamzat Chimaev and Leon Edwards very close seconds. You know, I, I, I struggle putting Kamzat over Edwards right now. So it's just one of those situations where if Edwards is smart, he can get some volume here. He could steal this and steal this belt from Usman. This weight class has been looking for a change in, for a very long time because Usman is probably listed as pound for pound the best because he's had the most title fights and uh, all been successful. But he does it because he's a smart fighter. But I think if anybody can beat him, I think it is Edwards. How confident am I? <laughs> Not extremely confident. <laughs> That's why I'm only going to put one unit on this. But I think that Leon Edwards wins this fight maybe two out of seven times, something like that. I think it's a little bit between one out of three and one out of four times, you know? So I think that there's a chance that uh, this price is okay at the plus 310, plus 280-ish, wherever you see it in some of these books. If you can get that Bet Rivers book, why not take a small shot at the title, you know? Because uh, Edwards deserves it. And uh, there's just something about a fighter where they dig a little bit extra deep, where they're hungry for the championship and uh, going against a guy that's held it for a long time. I've heard people say that it's harder to hold on to a championship than to get there uh, just by mental preparation. So keep that in mind. Next one we're going to look at, Paul Acosta versus Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold's been a staple in the UFC. He's been around for a very long time. Um, I mean, Costa, 31 years old, 11 
wins by KO, one submission, one decision. He's 13 and two. Costa's only last two losses are against Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori. <laughs> I think that's okay. You know, I, I think that's okay to lose to Marvin Vittori, who really gave Izzy a very good run for his money. And against the champion Izzy, you know, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. But Costos really criticized his last fight against Vittori because he missed weight. He's supposed to get down to middleweight, and the fight was moved to 205, and I think he still missed weight, which was very frustrating for Vittori and some of the other fighters. So he got heavily criticized for that, but now he's looking very cut, and I think he does get down to 185. But this is one that you want to definitely monitor here. Um, Costa's the better fighter right now, for sure, than Luke Rockhold. Now, Rockhold's been around for years. You know, he fought guys back in 2009, you know, at Strike Force. He went to the UFC in 2013. Uh, he's been out for a while, though. He hasn't had his last fight since 2019 against John Blakovich. I think he got hurt that fight. UL Romero was before that, but he lost those two fights. Then he beat David Branch in 2017 and Michael Bisbing in 2016. This just feels like he's not ready for this fight. I mean, being having over two years of ring rust here. So I think Paulo Costa is a no-brainer parlay leg at minus 350. But I'm not so sure if I can trust getting more involved than that. Um, he can already bust a parlay for you um, if that's the case. Jose Aldo versus Birab Divalishvili. This is going to be an awesome fight. And Mirab is a bigger favorite, minus 135 compared to plus 115. Mirab's 14 and 4. Jose Aldo, been around forever, 31 and 7. Funny thing about Aldo is he's really not as old as I thought he was. You know, Mirab Devalishvili is 31, but Aldo is only 35. Former champion in the uh, Bantam weight. You know, he lost to Peter Jan and Marlon Moraes. And Alexander Volkanovsky, um, I suppose two of those losses are fine. The Morais one, eh, he lost a split decision. A lot of people said he won that fight, which is frustrating. But then he beat Marlon Barra right, in 2020. He beat Pedro Moonholtz, and he beat Rob Font. You know, so the Marlon Vera win is very impressive. You know how good Marlon Vera was, how we cashed that ticket last week for our premium subscribers and for anybody that got our newsletter. Mira Abdelashvili has got a lot of hype on his back. Well, because, for one, he's from Georgia, you know, the Russian wrestling type of situation. And he also beat Marlon Morais by a TKO, Cody Stamen, John Dotson, Gustavo Lopez, Casey Kenny. A lot of decisions, but he's going to wrestle people down. But what the people do not notice about this is that um, Jose Aldo is amazing at defending the grappling techniques. You know, he's a very fast fighter. His grappling defense is 90%. All right, 90%. So Aldo wins by either KO or decision. Um, Mira Abdullah wins mostly by decision. 71 of his fights are won, are won by decision. But um, landed significant strikes, 3.6 for Aldo, 4.26 for Mirab. And uh, Aldo absorbs a little bit more, but Aldo's also had a much stronger strength schedule, I think, than Mirab Dubalashvili. So uh, Mirab's going to definitely try to wrestle Aldo, but Aldo, I think, can uh, get, get away from it and counterpunch. And I think he's going to be able to take care of that um, in this matchup. He's proved it many, many times that he can do that. 
he's not that old. You know, I mean, I, th- I think he's the dog because he's really that, you know, people look at him as he's old. But 35 years old, yeah, he's got a lot of ring wear to him. But in my opinion, he might be the one that should be favored in this fight. But it's so close, plus 115, minus 135. We're going to lean Jose Aldo on this one. All right. I'm going to go to this awful fight, all right? And this is terrible. But I'm going to play it a different way. If you ever checked out the class at Sports Wagering University, you can download some of my teachings there in the UFC. Harry Hunsucker versus Tyson Pedro. Now, what I talked about is that I like to bet both sides, all right? I like to bet both sides of fights. Harry Hunsucker is plus 550. Tyson Pedro is minus 800. They're saying Tyson Pedro should win this hands freaking down. I've seen Tyson Pedro at minus 900, minus 1,000 in some books. But the thing about Hunsucker, it's either go big or go home. <laughs> okay? I mean, the dude just throws massive roundhouses, and he either knocks somebody out or he gets completely knocked out himself. Just going to Hunsucker, he's 7-5, and five, like I said. Three wins by TKO. Four submissions. So, yeah, he does play around with the submission game. But that was uh, in smaller divisions. I've seen the dude fight. Terrible jaw. He's going to be throwing some roundhouses. He's at 239-pound heavyweight against Tyson Pedro, who is moving up. And uh, he was 205, so he's probably going to come in at around 225, 220, I would guess. 6'3". But Tyson Pedro likes to get out of his fights pretty fast himself. His last win against Isaac Villanueva, first round, KL. He lost in the third round to Marcio Rua. He lost in the first round to a submission by OSP. He beat Paul Craig by a TKO in the first round. Khalil Roundtree, first round. Steven... Warby first round. He's just got a lot of first round finishes. And Harry Hunsucker, dude's never been out of the first round himself. His last fight, he lost to Taffa. It was just a minute 53 in. He lost to Ty Tuivasa. 50 seconds in the fight. He beat Corey Moon 45 seconds in the fight. I mean, like I said, it, this could be a, an extremely fast fight that's over. But Harry Hunsucker winning inside the distance is 9-1. to one. All right? That's the only way he's going to win this fight. And Tyson Pedro, first-round KO is terrible. It's at, like, minus 160. But I honestly want to play this at two different angles. I'm going to say that this fight's going to be over in 60 seconds. Or Harry Hunsucker is going to win. And if I bet Tyson Pedro plus 350 that he wins in fifty second, or in 60 seconds, that is a nice payout. And if Harry Hunsucker just wins at all the whole fight himself inside the distance, then that's 9-1, to one, right? So what I'm playing against is Tyson Pedro winning after 90 seconds, which is very, very possible. But also... I don't think that Tyson Pedro should be nearly this much of a favorite. So I was just going to play Harry Hunsucker at 9-1, to just being that Pedro's lost to some bums himself. 
But at the same time, why not throw a little bit on Tyson Pedro being that Harry Hunsucker never gets out of the first round for the first uh, 60 seconds. So half unit on Pedro, first 60 seconds win, and half unit on Harry Hunsucker for a finish inside the distance at 9-1. to one. Well, it's a great day for me to whoop somebody's ass. I found some other nuggets in this card for premium subscribers, so they already received some plays from me. Another big fight, Alexander Romanov versus Marcin Tibura. I'm just going to tell you, Romanov's minus 380 for a reason. Marcin Tibura is a great fighter, but Romanov can do it all. He's kind of the next big contender here coming in for the heavyweight division. So, uh, Keep your eye on Alexander Romanov coming up to hopefully someday get a fight against maybe the likes of Lewis or Francis Naganu or anybody else that's contending. So uh, definitely a good parlay leg for you right there. But my friends, thank you so much for listening to this show. If you have any questions about any sport, preseason football, whatever you like, email us at info at theoddsbreakers.com. You can also tweet us at theoddsbreakers. A huge thanks to our guests that came on the show, Maddie from footballcontest.com, Andy from BetSperts. I hope you all enjoyed it. Enjoy the games, enjoy the fights, and go get some winners.